Zig coming into the top of the interview. Today, I have Connor Standish from Front Porch Lights and the Burning River Ramblers on the show today. Connor is a singer, songwriter, guitar player. He is playing Sunday, Sunday, 8 p.m., virtual show, CLE, wherever that may be. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, please subscribe, leave a comment, rate, review the podcast. It really helps these artists get heard. And here we go, Connor Standish. All right, Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm hanging out with Connor Standish. How you doing, bud? Doing excellent. How's quarantine been for you, my friend? You know, not bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not great circumstances, but for sure. I'm um, an introvert, so I like staying home. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess that that <laughs> makes it real easy for some people. This has to be the pandemic yeah. they've been looking for. Stay home. That's right. Um, yeah, exactly. I got I have a light, nice little recording set up in here, so trying nice. to play as much music as I can and writing a lot. Uh, trying to, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to come come up with like uplifting stuff during during this, but um, trying to do that a little bit. Yeah, I definitely feel it. It's kind of the, the Joe Strummer input output theory. It's kind of hard to take in when you're kind of in the same spot you know absolutely it's gonna be yeah. a little stale but that's all right <laughs> for sure what was it well that's how, cool. how about yourself how, how are you doing with music and everything um i don't got the means to really record like stuff but i've mm. been like uh this is i've been like i've been sticking to a strict kind of like self-schedule like i wake up i've been working on all these different styles of music on the guitar then i jump to piano and bass and drums and banjo then I come back and do some vocal stuff and then I write for an hour and at that point I can stop <laughs> so sure. I do like uh, I set myself up like a three to four hour routine and by the time I get through that like I don't know it's just a, for me I got to keep like working on like little things and it's cool because it's stuff mm-hmm. I've been wanting to work on like I've got this yeah all these books on uh music from all around the world and how you can make how you can play it on the guitar and like okay. it's been books I want to crack open for years, because for me I find like uh, when it comes to writing, sometimes it's easier to have ideas of something to start with when I've been shedding on an idea and I can kind of incorporate it. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's try those minor minor seven flat five chords in a song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like little <laughs> ideas, and it kind of gets you thinking in a, a creative way that maybe you wouldn't have prior to not shedding or be putting time in on your whatever. For so, sure. I like how you're doing You're like taking little bits from all, all over the world too. It's like a different, um, like type of playing too, you know? Yeah. Not trying to master, just trying to appreciate and get little glimpses of how it works. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't, I'd, uh, I do music full time and one of the jobs is a uh, teaching. So I've been doing all these online lessons like recording. So part of that online lesson is, we can no longer do a music class. I can't bring a, a class set of ukuleles to everybody. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I got I had to develop a course that I can teach over uh, over this, and like that goes from pre-K to senior high. So it's like, all right, songs around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of put the two together. <laughs> That's great. But uh, so I've definitely been. I've almost been as busy as I would have been working on stuff, doing stuff like this, trying to pump up the shows and, um, sure. 
Because, well, that's why we're talking. I should. <laughs> you're doing a Sunday, you right? Virtual shows, CLT, yeah. 8 o'clock. Um, yeah. And I did the I did the second one. So ever since then, I've been wanting to help Gall um, promote and do as much as she can with what she's doing. Because, like, she's doing a really cool thing, making sure our musicians that don't have gigs can at least do something to get some income. So Absolutely. Have you tuned in? Have you checked out any of them yet? Uh, yeah, I checked out uh, Brent Kirby. Okay, nice. Um, I forget who else played with that, but Emily yeah, Kinder that was... And uh, Jenna from Knights. Yeah, Jenna from Knights. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Have you guys played yeah, with it? I feel like that would be a good bill for um, we, uh, Front Porch. I don't, no, we haven't, actually. I don't think I've... I've I mean, I've done like the 10 by 3 with Brent. I know Brent pretty well, but I don't know Emily or Jenna very well. But I know if they're, you know, I've heard them before. Gotcha. Super good. Yeah. Very yeah. talented. They all kind of go around that. Uh, at least Emily um, goes around the 10 by 3 circuit a bit. Um, but yeah, man. So I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. definitely weird. How's a. <laughs> How is seeing your friends play to you on Facebook all day? What's that? How is seeing your friends play to you on Facebook all day? (laughs) Am I back? Is that better? Uh, Yeah, that's better. I was going to say, how's how's the streaming realm been? Seeing all your friends play to you (laughs) random times during the day. (laughs) It's fun. It's it's fun to tune in every once in a while. And I love I love it. Like. I don't know. It's it's one thing like going out to a bar and seeing stuff and like, you know, taking the time to do that. But now it's like all at your fingertips, being able to see people at any given moment um, be playing from their living room. I think it's it's it, I'm curious to see how it uh, evolves, like after all of this ends, how many yeah. people will continue to to play from home and do some live streaming. I hope it continues because it's just been really fun to to see everybody do it. I think to some degree it's going to, because I feel like uh, people are getting seen by people that would not have normally seen those people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's yeah. some, uh, when C-Level did a couple streams and we've had people being like, we've never seen you guys before. This is great. It's, you know what I mean? Like, And <laughs> sure. then followed all the other media things. And like it's, I think there's definitely a, a reach that would not have normally been there just because like you're in XYZ bar and mm-hmm. you're going to play to XYZ people and yep. they're either going to be there or not be there. You know what I mean? But with this, your gig can get shared anywhere. So if anything, I bet the medium is going to be involved with both, if that makes sense. So- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, th- I think, you know, people don't have a lot of stuff to do either. So yeah. they're, um, you know, able to tune in more and, and see more music as well, which is great. Have you done any streamage? What's that? Uh, have you done any streamage? Have you streamed it all? Um, I haven't actually. I was planning on doing one on Sunday and then Michelle hit me up. Nice. So it was pretty convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this will be my first, I actually don't think I've ever done a live stream. So this will be my, uh, my first attempt at it. We'll see how it goes. Um, definitely a strange, uh, strange uh, doing the live stream. You feel like it's kind of like when you start doing a bar gig and the, you know, you're playing to the bar and like that response <laughs> isn't there and you just start right. making that background noise. Yeah, it's kinda, it starts to feel like that, but without, <laughs> without the like, 
when you're doing that bar gig, you can't leave that bar gig. You're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, you're that noise. Uh, on uh-huh. the computer, you can turn it off. It's almost a more liberated version. <laughs> what do you, so you turn off like the, like the, yeah, if you want what, to like stop. the screen so that people, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you, what you're stop, yeah. you can just fucking stop. Right. When you're at a yeah. bar gig, you got to do that four hours, bud. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, you're getting paid for it. You got to exactly. do it. Yeah. 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 Was it no, a- it's funny. I, I, uh, I know, and I, you know, I think most musicians do not like that feeling. Uh, is it any different because there aren't any like people there whatsoever watching you, even, or does it still feel like that? Like just like no applause, and that's strange. It's definitely weird. I, I was talking to Ray Flanagan a couple of weeks ago, and uh, kind of came. He said something that I thought was pretty. Uh, well said about do you do bar gigs do you play those type of three hour i do i used to do it more often i've uh kind of laid low for a little bit but but like what was he saying about when you do those types of gigs you fall into that background noise right and like you you know you're kind of fighting for that applause to some degree because you got to have that balance of like i'm here to entertain but not over entertain Mm -hmm. and like he's ray put in a way he's like if you if the music's good People aren't going to notice. It's a good point. Uh, yeah. And I was sure. like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because if it's not good, people are going to be like, is this guy going to stop? You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. And they give you like awkward like looks and like, would you please just stop this kind of stuff? Yeah. That's that, that's a really good point. It's definitely um, a balance between for sure. I do. I do like the fact of like playing those kind of gigs too is like, you know, nobody's listening so you can go a little bit out of your realm as well yeah playing stuff that you haven't played in a while or trying new stuff and just messing around what was it um <clears throat> definitely uh i totally blanked for a second so <laughs> <laughs> you do a really unique style of playing you got real cool songwriting style and a lot of cool finger picking stuff um you started with burning river right as a rhythm guitar? Yeah, Burning River Ramblers. Um, How'd that, uh, the, did you start, was that, did you start playing in bands or did you start playing and writing stuff solo? The kind of, I started solo, gotcha. um, just for a little bit. Yeah. I would play it like around the corner or, um, okay. It's really honestly the only place I played. <laughs> and then, gotcha. That's uh, a tough gig to get though. That's, that's pretty fucking good, man. It was like, very early on. Yeah. I think I was one of like the, yeah, like I played in that front room, and I was family friends with um, the Kreeboshes, so I think gotcha. they cut me a little break there. But um, yeah, and then I then I uh, I started smoking weed and hanging out with some <laughs> more musicians, and um, my my buddy Chris Rush, he was a bass player, and then yeah. uh, he lived with a kid who played harmonica and we started a band called the trip seas was kind of my first yeah. foray into playing with other people um who was the guy that played harmonica uh chris walling okay. okay yeah um and and then i eventually we we added a drummer andrew Porak, for a little bit and then i moved down to athens um Mm, uh and went to ohio okay. university gotcha um, that's where you probably hooked up with the catanias Yes, yeah, the Catanias. Do you know uh, Zach I, or Justin? Yeah, yeah, or? I worked with Zach at Guitar Center for a couple oh, okay. of years. Um, awesome. And I, I met his brother a few times at the Bright, Bright 
the, whatever the band is with the owl. I can't think of the name of it. Bright night. Bright. Oh, bright, bright at night. Or? Bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bright at night. And then, uh, and then through, I don't know if I've seen him play with you guys, his brother, because at one point okay. he wasn't with you guys or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he was the first. Um, yeah. So I met Zach. I actually met Jesse first. His, okay. his brother. He uh, delivered a pizza to my apartment. <laughs> um, and we had a drum kit set up in the yeah. living room and he's like, Oh, like it was cold out. We brought him yeah. in and he's like, Oh, uh, you know, um, do you want to jam sometime? And, and that's, and then Zach, uh, we had a, a different guitar player and that guitar player chose to go to like Nelsonville music festival. Yeah. Um, and we got like a random gig and he still went to the fest. And so Zach literally learned like, six of the songs within a night and uh played them um and then you know the rest was history as they say and then i actually uh when i graduated they came up with me back to cleveland and they lived at my house for a couple years okay so that's probably right about when i met zach when he started working at guitar center okay because i was the door guy there (laughs) nice (laughs) that was a sick gig that was probably the best job you could have had there if what I, does the door guy do? You get like the, you get accused by everyone for not that they're not stealing. Oh, you okay. The the, you're guy. the guy who checks the receipts yep. and makes sure. Okay, and, gotcha. and you clean shit up and you direct people <laughs> to where stuff is. But realistically, the gig was I stand here, read books, and network. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, that's what that I'm saying. Great. If you play it right, it's a great job. Did you ever have to chase anybody that was no? Some shit? But that's the thing. You're not even if someone chases it. You 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 can't. Or if someone steals, you can't. You can't go after. Yeah, him. yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I was not allowed to leave that box. Huh. Like I had to get someone to step in so I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's funny. But it was awesome because I didn't have to sell anything. I didn't have to like BS, you know. But uh, that's how I met Zach. And, okay. Um, but I was always jealous because he can just go get a loop pedal and start jamming whenever he wanted. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I'm stuck up yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you go to Athens He's, for? What'd you go to school for? I went to uh, school for psychology okay. um, with a minor in business. I really, so I actually, um, I first, I technically went to a school called Seton Hill. I played lacrosse in high school. Yeah. I was a big bro back in the day until I started smoking weed. Changed my life. <laughs> Uh, what do you think that was? Do you think it just chilled you out or do you think you were just like, yeah, I think I just started hanging out with people. Like, I think I, like I, I started playing music in like eighth grade or freshman year high school. Was it always guitar? Um, yeah, yeah. Guitar. And I, you know, another bro thing. I mean, Dave Matthews band is my, um, favorite band I grew up on and my brothers used to listen to it. And I'm, you know, there's a lot of good, he was the reason I started playing music. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great musicianship and and everything. Um, but, uh, so I always played music for my friends and stuff, but I never really hung out with any other musicians. And I think that kind of opened up that thing of like musicianship and, and playing with other people and, um, really digging into, into that. So, I think that's what, but anyway, so I, I went to Seton Hill for a semester and then I, tr- I had convinced my parents to, to, um, transfer from there to Ohio university. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I went for psychology. Um, I didn't go to class often and I actually technically still haven't even graduated from there. I have, uh, Spanish classes that I need to take. Uh, Um, that's, that's what's holding me back. No bueno. Yeah, no bueno. But the music side of things was amazing down there. I mean, meeting the Catania's changed my life and, um, playing at all the bars down there really opened up that, that side and is super fun. Well, now now that hearing the Dave Matthews bit, that makes sense kind of with how you play a little bit. You do a unique style of of, of cordage, I sure. feel. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not in Burning River as much as at Front Porch or when I, I think we did a Jason's Tuesday thing and you did something else. Okay. Like, that is that is cool. Like, <laughs> it was, Yeah, that, that's how I started playing it is, is just learning like, uh, Dave Matthews band tabs yeah, and kind of nice. learning like the, his chord structures and whatever. And cause I tried learning guitar at first, just like playing chords and like trying yeah. to learn, you know, the classic stuff and wasn't super interested and in that kind of, uh, opened up everything for me. But yeah, it, it's funny cause the, like the stuff that you might hear a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I play solo is kind of finger picking, but yeah. when I play with the band, it's a lot more um, rhythm kind of stuff and super basic. And uh, because I'm terrible at guitar, especially one singing, so I always it's, pick like the same like yeah. five or six songs to play solo <laughs> that I you know sound good while yeah. finger picking. <laughs> well, I th- it's it's hard to do the sing and play anything drums, mm-hmm. piano, guitar, bass. Once you start to do two things, it's it gets to become really complicated because you're scratching head, rubbing the belly. And like, for sure, when you're in a band, when you're for most of the bands, uh, you play like rhythm guitar, you're laying down the structure, right? And yeah. like, if you're doing something that's hard enough to sing and play, you're going to throw it off. So you got to, you got to be strategic about it. You're like, okay, just pocket it. So it mm-hmm. makes sense that it's going to be more when you're with a group of people and you're kind of like, guiding them along that you're going to have sure. to cut back and do less complicated things. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it a little simple. Yeah. Well, is it absolutely has, uh, have you found, um, with psychology in your pocket, as far as a business degree musically, has that played into your favor kind of having those mindsets or has it been just like, it got me to the people I needed to meet type situation? Yeah. I think it, I think just going to college got me to meet the right people. Um, yeah. I've always been, I, I, I was, I don't remember like anything I learned in college from like a psychology <laughs> standpoint or yeah. business standpoint. Um, but I think I've always had that kind of interest or mindset. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, yeah, basically just wasted a, a shit ton of money and, um, and went to, no, it was, it, it was a really great experience, but yeah. I think I've had the mindset of like, like trying, like figuring out how other people think and why they do the things they do and, and think the way they think. And I think that's, um, plays into music as well as like creating stuff for people, um, and relating to them and like being empathetic and knowing how other people feel. Um, I think it is super important, uh, for music in general. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I think to some degree, like, um, musicians are more a persona than music at points. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if yeah. you talk to people about who their favorite Beatle is, 
it it won't necessarily be because of their musicality. It won't be because like, oh, Paul can't play piano. Paul can sure, play piano. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be <laughs> like you relate to John Lennon because you've gone through stuff that he's gone. Or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the personality that plays plays into everything. In the yeah, like you said, the persona and the and what they stand for or yeah, something like for that. For sure, like. Uh, John Lennon for sure would be a guy that stood for a thing and a lot of people can get behind that more right. so than like or even just the okay the persona of being able to stand for something you know what I mean mm-hmm. be able to plant your flag in whatever it is that's going to appeal to some people where it might not appeal to other people and the music might be the same it could be like the same four chords and even the same line same right. the same right. melody if it's done by a different person it's going to stick sure. out more that's almost sure. like the case now that I'm just kind of rambling about now. <laughs> that's almost yeah. the case by when you see like, I don't know, a band do a cover of a band that you don't like, like Pearl Jam just covered Justin Beaver and it was <laughs> shit. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you get sold on that tune because of who's singing it. <laughs> yeah, it's my that example reminds me of um, Ryan Adams, despite all the, you know, the yeah. Me Too stuff is yeah. one of my favorite artists of all time. And he, uh, he co- did that whole Taylor Swift album. Um, and that like, yeah, you listen to him oh, singing. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's really good. Actually. You know, that's, that's amazing. What he did 21 um, or red. I can't remember. He did one of them in like its entirety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or not, it was uh, 1989 yeah, or something that like one, that. That's, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, and there's there's one that I'd every once in a while at a bar gig I'll throw in. Yeah, but it's it. You're right. It like it changes your whole perspective on it. It's weird. Um, it's weird. People yeah. people buy into the people, and like mm-hmm. I think that's important too because. You know, and and now more than ever, when you as a person or as an artist are seen for who you actually are, and you can just be that, as opposed to someone per, like, I think maybe like in the eighties or the seventies, there's definitely like a persona person putting out the persona of the person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there was yeah. a what's what's a publicist? That's the word I'm looking forward to. Like, address how sure. like. Steven Tyler was perceived where like now homie's got Instagram and he's in uh, eccentric, let's say, or, you know what I mean? Like there's definitely a, a yeah, he's in charge of his like image in a way. And yeah. 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 And so the kind of like, like, I don't know if you ever, <laughs> if you ever check out like people who have, who come from like that kind of a time and when they do their, uh, um, their own social media, you can be like, they shouldn't do social media. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know Absolutely. if you've seen any of the Garth Brooks stuff, but that guy's no, crazy. I <laughs> Check out his social media. It's bonkers. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know Garth Brooks had, you know, he's really good at it is, and I, I like his music. I don't like listen to it regularly, but yeah. John Mayer is, yeah, is yeah. A, a character. For sure. He's, he, and he's doing something called current mood now on, you know, during all this. That's been really funny. But see, uh, but he's, he's someone who's hysterical. done, I think has like done a turnaround with it. Cause he was always kind of perceived maybe as like someone who was arrogant and kind of, yeah. you know, uh, yep. kind of bro and kind of lame. But when you watch his like media stuff, when he's like teaching you how to do blues licks and like <laughs> yeah. just being real weird, you're like, this guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's just, yeah, he is. He's definitely. And, and that's like the power of social media too, you know, yeah, being sure. able to, to show people you know, your, your real self. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just another veil of (laughs) thing you put up, but it's, yeah. uh, 
it's all up to the I, th- I think people can see through people who are being phony you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a veil of okay this guy's not having a good time but he's trying to pretend like he is or whatever it is for sure you know what I mean? um, yeah so okay that was kind of a tangent <laughs> no no it's great it's so great. Um, so you meet Zach in where did you guys where did you live before before you went to Athens were you Lakewood guy yeah I'm a Lakewood guy okay yep, so still you just came still back. am yeah. Yep. And when did, uh, uh, so Jesse came in, learned all these tunes. You guys were, or no, Zach came in, learned all these tunes while the other guy went to Nelson's Fest, which yeah. isn't at Nelson's Ledges. It's another festival. Nelsonville, which, yeah, which, which yeah. is next to by by Athens, yeah. which has always thrown me off. And I think there was at one point <laughs> Willie Nelson was at Nelsonsville, and and <laughs> Willie Nelson was at Nelson's Ledges, and it's just Inception. Yeah, too much. but um so when did burning river come together was it when zach learned those tunes and they were essentially burning river tunes because you did most i think zach sang a few but yeah pretty sure with burning it was mostly you kind of fronting the vocals and guitar yep yeah he uh he did um yeah he came it was kind of it was burning river ramblers a little bit before he came in and then um, he came in, we, I mean, we probably only knew like had like 10 songs or something. Yeah. And then, uh, he joined and then we brought on, um, we recorded like an album. We actually, so the other guitar player, Will Creepop, they both played in the band at, for, for a little while too. So we had two guitar players. We had the, we, I basically took, um, Chris Rush, the bass player, moved down as well uh, to Athens. And then the harmonica player from Tripsies, both of them moved down. So we had, uh, you know, Jesse Catania, we had Zach Catania, we had Rush on bass, we had a harmonica player, and we had two guitar players. I was like, oh, that's, you know, it was, it was super fun, though, because we were all really good friends and um, played out a few times. And then um, we kind of, went away from the harmonica and the, yeah. the other guitar player. And, and then we met Dave Young, who was our um, keyboard player. Gotcha. Uh, but he was also going to school for, for music and, and like engineering. <laughs> um, so we met him for a pro he brought us in for a project that he wanted to do. And we recorded a few songs with him and he was like a huge asset and really um grew the band and he was super invested in, in growing, you know, the band and, and getting gigs and stuff like that. And I still work with him for basically all the stuff that I, that we record, I'll send to him for, um, for mixing or for ideas, um, and how to implement. And we're, you know, still really good friends. It's, it's fun. That's awesome. That's cool that yeah. that can, cause usually college thing tears people apart and then like, Oh, they chance upon years later. But that's cool right. that you can keep that relationship going. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because Burning, Burning River Ramblers, you guys did a lot. I remember at one point you had a song on the Cavs um, thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that was funny. I, I forget what it was called. Um, but it was a <laughs> – we did it for I, – I had a friend who does all like the video for them on the, yeah. on the, big, on the big screen. And um, – yeah, they're looking for a, a song to like play for people to tell them not to, you know, throw shit or swear, you know, like yeah. just all the, all the stuff they do before the game. 
and we got to go on the court and recorded that. We came up with the song and everything. Um, and I think they played it one time and then we got replaced by a kitten who would talk and say like the same things that, uh, that we were trying to put out there. I remember but Zach <laughs> showing me that and being like, "Whoa, this guy's t- <laughs> he didn't tell me the kitten thing." <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I think cuz I yeah, I think we went I think we went to uh, we went to a game. Oh, I think man. I my family saw it or something and then the yeah, next yeah. time it was like a kitten from then on. Fuck. It's funny. Hey, kittens are cute. They what are. can you do? You can't win that battle. But that's uh-huh. that's pretty epic, man. And Zach was telling me you guys would play casino gigs and stuff at the Roxino. Yeah, we did the Roxy. You know, I think was that? we did. Uh, it was fun. I, we did. Um, we did like the cafe once, and then we did. Uh, we opened for um, Rusted Root. Uh, <laughs> you know, send me on my way. Yeah. <laughs> so that How was, was fun. Those guys, was, Rusted Root, they've been around forever, and they never stop. Like no. Juan Yama's opened up for him a few times. My bass player plays in Juan Yama as well, and okay. with them at the Agora. And like, I remember, I remember Zach telling me about that one. I imagine a casino gig is a different type of crowd. So I'm kind of interested to hear about that. And were the rusted root guys cool? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the crowd was cause they have, I, I can't really remember the cafe gig. I think it was, you know, like a lot of older folks hanging out, but the rusted root gig, they, they, in rocks, you know, they have basically just like a, um, a venue yeah. and it was all rust root folks. So I, and honestly you couldn't, I couldn't see like past the third row because of the lights and everything. And it was like a, a super long yeah. venue, uh, glass seating, but yeah, the rust root guys were great. Um, they were super friendly. I, one memory I have is, um, we felt like when we went in, we went accidentally went into their green room and there was like all this food laid out and a whole bunch of Great Lakes beer and everything. And so we like started grabbing beer and one of their, I don't know, one of their managers or whoever came in, they're like, uh, that's not for you guys. You're not supposed to be in here. Yeah. Uh, your, your green rooms across the hall. And we go into like this small little closet and we're like, okay, <laughs> this makes sense. <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Still Fun memory cool. though. Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. You gotta, you gotta make that mistake a few times. I'd imagine. Yeah. Humbling, humbling for sure. sure. We didn't earn it. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, that's cool. You guys also, Bernie River also opened up for Tim Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. For you, that had to be a big deal being a Matthews guy going into it. That was a huge deal. Um, And uh, that's where I met Ray Flanagan as well. Okay. Um, okay. He came up after the show and um, yeah, it was the first time I talked to him and I, I, admittedly cut Ray off short because everyone else was smoking weed with Tim Reynolds down in the green room. I'm yeah. like, sorry, Ray, I got to go. <laughs> this is a huge deal. I got to go. And he understood, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was, that was, a uh, really fun. That's awesome. Was yeah. it, was, how is he? He had to be a cool dude. He's super, super cool. Um, super friendly and, uh, quiet. And, uh, he had a, he had a bass player um, who was talking about how cell phones are ruining the world and, and very like a huge yeah. conspiracy theorist. And it was just, it was fun. The 4G probably at that time, or 3G <laughs> at that time, man, it's in our brains. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. 
was it yeah that that guy's got a real weird style i don't i don't mean he does a very unique style and like it's i don't think there's no one that really plays kind of how he does he's got a weird weird approach and it makes sense why he gets along with dave matthews and like (laughs) like yeah for sure how do you feel about his style because i mean you do a lot of like acoustic stuff and looping and yeah and effects and everything like do you do you like where does he rank in guitarists in your mind for me he was kind of a late i got on the dave matthews boat later because my bass player he is a he's a guru he like will listen to everything he's like He's got like a listening schedule, so he's like, I gotta listen to Chuck D's third solo record, and he does a thing <laughs> where he's gotta listen to it three times, and then he'll show me stuff. And like Tim Reynolds, Tim Tim Reynolds being one, Dave Matthews being a bigger one for him. Um, and I think the first album I really got into Tim Reynolds was the one where it's it's a blue cover, and it's just Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds, like it's a live okay. thing. Yeah. And, um, so that was kind of my intro to him. So. Live at Luther College, yeah. I think is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, so I think, I don't know, I think it, for what it is, it's amazing. For me, I was kind of already like, I had my guys at that point where I'm like, sure. that would take a lot of work to figure out how to make that work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That, but I definitely I appreciate it. And I think I'm going to come back to it and be like, what was that thing? You know what I mean? Like I keep, <laughs> I keep finding more and more that's what I've been doing is going back to things and be like, oh, fuck, I'm definitely did not pay attention to that 30 seconds of that first song because that's where it's at <laughs> right 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 i've always uh always tried to find a way to boil things down to be able to do a lot with a little and do a little with a lot type of deal like mm. oh, i'm gonna do an acoustic thing but i also should be able to distort that acoustic run it through a wall and put it through a marshal like that's done you know, simultaneously make things simple and complicated it's been my right life. no i love it i love it it's unique very unique uh, um but yeah, no, no. So I've I always like admired what he does and try to kind of figure it out. But um, that's on the later later game thing where I already had a thing I was trying to like make right with the whole acoustic sure. through an amp thing. Like sure. that that took a long time to get together, like to get right. the right setup and actually work it towards the band. Because I remember Sea Level played one show with Bernie River, and that was probably yeah, the yeah. wackest show wow. ever. <laughs> like that's great. Um, we at sea level at the point was doing this thing we called the set where we were working on writing and recording a s- one simultaneous long song of a bunch of different styles. So when Very we cool. go in the studio, it'd be like a one, like a Pink Floyd thing, right? Sure. And sure. like, I remember not being too far into it. We opened for you guys <laughs> and there was like a big, uh, a big jump from like, what the fuck to like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Where was that at? If um, I need to, it, Mahal's. Uh, okay. Mahal's main room before okay. the Beetlejuice took over. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So that's cool. Did you guys open for Tim Reynolds twice, actually? Or was it? Uh, we did not. Okay. I think Ray. Ray did. You're right. Ray I was the same Ray, yeah. time. Yep. Yeah, he did that. So when did Front Porch Lights come along? Um, how long has it been? Uh, so three years ago, three and a half, something like that. Um, uh, but I just wanted to try something a little different Yeah. and, um, wrote some songs and then, um, took a van, uh, to, uh, California where Dave Young, the 
keyboards from yeah. Ramblers um, was living at the time, and we recorded like 14 songs um, with the bass player from Ramblers, and then uh, we hired a um, drummer and guitar player and came up with like a little EP. And then when I came back, I wanted to uh, bring on some people that I knew from the area and um so we have joey david so so i've met uh i've known greg david who's our manager for quite some time he actually recorded trip c's a long time ago and uh and so he um told me about his brother who's a drummer and then we had sean keating um a kid that i knew and john doyle keyboard player um and it just all kind kind of came together into one, but uh, so was I don't know. Not a super exciting story about how it all started. But. Well, I mean, you went to California. That's kind of that's kind yeah, of a hike. Yeah, you know, fun. not many bands start yeah. off by going there. Yeah, you gotta gotta take a road trip every once in a while. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. Did the what happened with Burning River at that point? Were you just trying to write something new and go and go into a new endeavor and like, yeah, did Burning River just kind of fizzle out on its own or did the, was there like a kind of like we're going this way type deal, a split or something? It, it was, um, I had just been feeling kind of a little stuck for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I had some songs that I kind of wanted to, um, do my own thing with we 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 kept going through a lot of different drummers and and bass players and and we had a great crew um chris bubecki and uh louis um they're school rock guys okay. uh, uh louis, louis the guitar guy um, um louis the bass player oh. uh Okay. Um, who am I thinking of, Louis? Who's anyway? It doesn't matter. I know who you, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Um, Louis Novotny is the bass player, and gotcha. I think you're you're talking about Louis Lively. I yeah, think, maybe? yeah, Louis Lively. Yeah, li- the yeah, yeah. Too. That's yeah, funny. yeah. That's funny. But anyway, um, yeah. So so we did, and we were doing a lot of like uh, um, like bar gigs and stuff, yeah. and and I I don't know. I it, you know it wasn't the I'd kind of. It wasn't like the the best breakup. I was kind of shitty during the whole thing. Um, We've made up since, obviously. But I just I felt I was just in a different stage, and I wanted to change things up a little bit. Um, So, well, one, it's the way she goes. Yeah, one, I think the fact that you can be like now. Uh, it was kind of on. I, you know, the fact that you can look at it and that you have patched everything up, I think that's huge. Some people never get past that with any like sure. type of working relationship, band or guitar center or whatever it is. So I think the one that's awesome that you guys have come together afterward and have moved on from it, and that you can analyze it like that. But uh, I definitely, definitely understand yeah. the the being in one spot and trying to shift to another. You know what I mean, like. You can only get so much mileage out of a, a certain outlet unless, like, everyone's yep. on board. But with outfit as big as, like, Bernie River Ramblers, which isn't that big, per se. It's not like the Robin Blake sound experiment where there's, like, you know, an uh, like just a whole orchestra of things. But, like, it's right, big enough right. where it becomes complicated to shift directions as opposed to, like, mm-hmm. a trio or, like, a, a duo. You know what I mean? Then... You can add a guy. You can take a left turn, right turn when it's like sure. a smaller operation. So when you're doing something like that, 
that makes sense that you would have to kind of step into another spot to make it happen. Absolutely. And I, I do, I remember, you know, when I was, when we, the Ramblers first started and the Catanias wanted to do other projects and I would get like upset at them yeah. young and young and dumb, like, no, you got to put all your eggs in one basket. You got to, you know, focus on this. Um, and now looking back on that, like you, people need those outlets. People need to do other stuff and, and fulfill their, their creative needs if they're not, you know, all being fulfilled in a specific band. So yeah, I'm a huge proponent as the Catania's were at the time of, of doing your own thing if you want and, and, um, kind of, you know, doing different projects to make sure that you're happy basically yeah, for sure. it comes down to. I think that's, that's something, uh, most musicians who are kind of in the spot of leading the ensemble learn, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, definitely. Yep. Cause it's I'm, a selfish kind of look at it first is like, this yeah. is the, you know, this is the greatest project you need to focus on this, but you got to look at everybody else's mindset. They, you know, this isn't their main thing and they might want to jump around and, and do some other stuff. For sure. And like, it's hard when you're like kind of focused on doing your thing and making it the best musically and band wise and scene wise and all the factors that go into it. Mm. Cause like I've, I've kind of fallen in that mindset as well at times, but like I've never really like, uh, I've learned really right away with like, okay, they're all going to do their own thing. That's fine. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like yep. one thing that's kind of cool from that is like, okay, your drummer who fronts this band I'm friends with him and I like that project. So I came to see you guys for and sure. Like, um, so it becomes almost like a greater effort when your members kind of separate and do their own thing. Even yeah. though it's kind of like, Oh no, ah, <laughs> I just going to want to play bass with them. They're going to have a booking agent. <laughs> like, right. Right. They're not going to play the garage with me. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I guess. It is. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. 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 I think though, though, like you said, the one side is like, you're building a bigger network too, and you're all supporting each other, and which is amazing. But then it's it is like the big thing we run into is like finite time yeah, that people yeah. have to to practice and put toward a certain project. And um, you know we've done a decent job of trying to to make that happen. But um, yeah, that's funny. It definitely, and especially when the gigs conflict, you're like, oh, for real, mm-hmm. that was a decent <laughs> one, and you're doing that with the. Uh, all right, yeah. fine, fine, fine. <laughs> you know, um, but I guess true. as a as someone who, when you front kind of a group, you can do that gig solo. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. you can kind of you can kind of workshop things and make stuff work and like whatever it may be. You know, there's always a way around it and always a way to make the best out of the situation. Absolutely. Like, there, there's only one way to learn that though, and that's to do it, and go through it, <laughs> and make those mistakes or. But. For sure. Yeah, it's we've we've come over plenty of situations that uh you know, our our keyboard player or bass player, or guitar or whoever drummer um is out of town for a gig and like we you really want to do it, so then you get someone else and teach them all the songs, you know, for a 3 or 4 hour set and yeah. Then, yeah. and then you have someone that can sub in again later down the road. Um, which is, is not my favorite thing to do at all. I've kind of tried to stray away from that, but it's good to have people that know your stuff and can rely on others at times when you need it. For sure. Cause it's, it's hard enough. Like, uh, 
front porch is a bigger operation than like a like a trio thing, but it's hard enough to get three mm. people or two people to be in one spot. So absolutely, yeah. Um, what's front porch got coming up? Oh, yeah. Can I ask you about the name? Where's the name front yeah. porch lights come yeah. from? Yeah, front porch lights comes from I had, uh, lived on Arthur uh, with my family. And we always would have those like uh, spring bulb lights, gotcha. like the big ones. And it, we'd, it, it was like basically our living room during the summer. Um, so, I, you know, we'd be out there and I would play music out there all the time. And as I started the band, we were moving out of that house. Um, and, I, you know, I'd lived there basically my entire childhood. And my dad actually suggested the name. Um, so it was like an homage to that, okay. that, you know, and, and it was cool cause the, the Catania's were there. I had a whole bunch of other friends that lived with me throughout the time. And, um, it was just that we would have porch parties and, uh, so it's just like a good, um, homage. And I, I think it kind of plays to the, the community and bringing people together to play music and, and be relaxed and, and, uh, that kind of stuff. So that's cool. I always thought it was the ladder, but that's really cool. The background, the family background to it. That's cool. Yeah. Was it, do you keep up with Zach? He just moved to Nashville, I think. Uh, Asheville. Yeah. Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. One letter short. One letter short. I was there. I knew it. (laughs) Same thing. No, yeah. I'm, I, I've, I, yeah, I talked to him every once in a while. I'm super, happy for him too because ever since i met him that was his like number one goal was to move to Asheville. Huh. um he's always he said it's like the you know athens on steroids um yeah. so he's he's living his best life down there beautiful super happy for him but what's uh what's front porch got coming out you guys got any stuff in the works Corn yeah we have we have we have a <laughs> lot of uh a lot of music um, that we've written that we haven't put out that we play live all the time. Yeah. Like probably half of our set usually is stuff that we haven't put out like a recording of. So we were actually just starting to record some of that before the quarantine thing happened. And uh, then our band spot got shut down where we were yeah. recording it. So where was um, that? that was at uh Cleveland lumber. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Man, I had a band that played Punch there. Drunk has, yeah, Punch Drunk has a spot there. I don't, I actually don't want to, I don't know if I should be giving away who, like, plays there or not. This but, is an undisclosed um, location right, right. behind a lumber place. <laughs> don't want people's uh, stuff, yeah, being yeah. stolen or whatever. But, but yeah, there's, there are a lot of bands. I'm surprised at how many bands are there. Um, yeah. It's a super cool spot. Like Ohio Weather band was, they, if, they were I wouldn't be surprised. Point. I wouldn't be surprised. Ray has, yeah, Ray has a spot there. It's a cool spot. My uh, yeah. my grandparents grew up on that street right next to it where you drive into it, like a okay. couple houses down before it hits that that where the like road the ends curve there. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. It, so, I'm sub, I'm super shocked at how little like we had to dig deep to find something like that. Like yeah. there aren't very many places in town that you can find that has that. It has that many spots, like what Rock and Roll Studios, and then yeah, five uh, something or whatever. Which is the one by the by the Steel Yard? Is that Rock and Roll Studios? Um, that is. There's something like something with a five in it. I can't yeah, remember. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It's a weird yeah. spot. All those spots yeah. are like slightly shady, but never bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> For like sure. they're always Absolutely. like you think it would be bad, but it's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> like. <laughs> Which is weird because I don't think it should be, but it's it is. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Do you guys have a spot that you get you uh, go to? Yeah, or? my parents' basement. Uh, that's yeah. that's where the Ramblers were before everything, and front porch. Yeah, um, it's until, easy. until we moved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect. So like, uh, I um rent rent free as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I <laughs> I was living out in Lakewood for a while, and then the girls were living with uh, we split ways, and then uh, I started an internship. So I thought I was gonna lose all my gigs because I, I I'm a I was a part full time student, part time teacher. I would do nursing home and bar gigs, and then play. Uh-huh whatever in the evening you know what i mean like sure whatever gigs and like so i thought when i started this internship that would all be canned and i wouldn't be able to do it but i ended up being able to do everything so that's great I, there you I, go yeah it lucked out that i just never <laughs> slept and always was over caffeinated and <laughs> forgot most things and couldn't feel my face um, <laughs> the musician's life right yeah there. and as soon as i stopped the internship i got my full-time teaching gig and uh, so I've been saving up to get a spot, and, that's, and then all this kind of went down. So I'm not going to wait it out. <laughs> so wild times, wild times indeed. Well, anyway, man, September or not September, Sunday, <laughs> quarantine brain coming yep. right out. Uh, yep. Sunday, 8 p.m. You, um, Sean Brewster. Who else is playing? There's one more. Maddie Cummins. I think is that you know. right? Something but, like um, that. I, I, I'm unfamiliar with her, but I, okay. I will be checking out her stuff prior to, to the, playing on Sunday. Well, um, 8 p.m. And you, you, I think we, you haven't done one or you haven't tuned into one yet, right? Madison Cummins is her Madison, name. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I tuned into the Brent Kirby one. That's right. That's right. We talked um, about that. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> so I, I love I love the concept. I love having it's like being able so to see cool. everybody's faces after two and yeah. Um, but it's, I'm I'm excited. It's gonna be a really cool turnout, and I appreciate your time, man. And I'm gonna put this up. Uh, I think either tomorrow or tonight. I'm gonna put you or okay. Sean up right after because it's it, the gig is Sunday, so I'm gonna try to get right, this out right. right quick. But cool, man. Well, thanks for hanging out and chatting, man. This was cool. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it, and hopefully we can get together when this is all over. 